Hey. Yo, T Rob, you got me? Yeah, I got you. Hey. All right. I'll Excellent. Tomorrow. Oh my god. This is gonna suck because I have no mute button and I spend I prefer to spend like the vast majority of the show on mute, so this is really gonna suck. Well come up with some woody commentary, jackass. <laughs> Technically, this is already recording, so you can leave this in as the intro. I think you should splice that in as the intro for sure. Yeah. Okay, so we can, uh, I guess we can just start it anytime. This is weird. Never done it like this before. I know we talked about it. So everybody ready to go? So what, there's no music or anything? No, I'm in Mississippi. I don't have a soundboard. I don't know, man. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Alex is going to edit it in. I'm just talent, man. I don't know how you do all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that's a perfect way to start. That is how we're introing (laughs) Tales from the Tailgate this week. No one knows what's going on. I am in Oxford, Mississippi. I'm Rob Christian, joined by the original gang, Bo and Alex. And yeah, this is a first time episode. We just hit 50 episodes a few weeks ago, and now we're having another first. I know we've talked about it in the past, but actually doing a show from Mississippi. This is the first time we've ever done it where I haven't had the soundboard, uh, the roadcaster, and everything like that, my mic. So hopefully everything comes out well. We're really going to test Alex's editing skills this week to see what comes out. I don't have high hopes, but that's where I can get pleasantly surprised. We have a few guests in the room today. They're going to be beverages cracking. We've got Evan Brown and the King Rick Dick over here. Also in the room might provide some background commentary, but we're going to get through this because I want to go back out to the square. I just came in from having about uh, three margaritas and some tacos, and I'm looking to go right back out now that I'm filled with a little tequila and I had a lunch whiskey. So it's been a pretty good day up in the sip. Bo, how are you? You missed our last show. You missed the emergency Auburn show. It's good to have you back. I know. I'm really disappointed. I'm disappointed on multiple levels. I, I had a good week off, but I'm disappointed, A, because it was our first 45-minute show, and I thought that was awesome, and you guys did a really good job, but you know, I would like to put out there, it, I think it was stated at the end, that maybe it was my fault that we usually go longer than that, and I'd like to maybe refute that. Uh, and then the second part, the other reason I wish I was there to once again, uh, not defend myself this time, but defend another point that needs defending. And, and I will say on record officially here, I want to challenge Rustin to a debate on this pop. Is I believe he started talking about the ethics of NIL for only a couple sentences. He didn't go on too long. Uh, and frankly, I, I take some issue with him stating that it's unethical uh, some of the NIL stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. It was a great show last week and I'm, uh, hoping we can have an even better one this one. Yeah. Uh, definitely need to get you and Rustin in a room to do that one out. I forgot about that towards the end, but I do blame, I do blame you for the shows running long. I mean, I mean the only time like we do it without you and it's 45 minutes, man. It, it's just not out. enough good content. That must be it. Uh, I'm not around. Also, I mean, Bo, I'm going to give you a little hint uh, for discovery. Maybe do some looking into uh, some children's hospitals in Louisiana uh, before the ethics. Man, Will Wade NIL. coming. Will Wade coming out and complaining about it this week too. Like, uh, 
I'm glad that it came out like right after Rustin made that rant, like because LSU basketball has just been in the pooper. Uh, they lost five of their last six. They lost to Vandy. Uh, they lost to Ole Miss, and they were. I, I have no idea how they were still ranked, losing four, or uh, I think they lost five of six. Now they've lost what six of seven, and they were still ranked like twenty fifth. Like they definitely would have had to drop, but and I mean now they're out of it. But LSU basketball not having a great, um, great start to the new year. Let's get into what we really want to talk about this week. And Alex, I know we were waiting and we actually kind of waited to record this one. I mean, schedules permitting and things like that, but uh, the Brian Flores, you know, saga that we've been kind of focusing on Brian Flores out with the dolphins, Brian Flores now lawsuit filed uh, against the league and everything like that. Bo, right before we got on was reading the beginning of the uh, complaint that was filed. Bill Belichick, is really the one who screwed this up. Bill Belichick, like, being drunk and texting the wrong Brian in his phone. You know, awesome to see. But I'm actually glad that we kind of waited a few days to let the situation develop a little bit more. And now we have a little bit more background as to what's going on. Right, Alex? Absolutely. And if you think for a second that the Sith Lord himself was not a mastermind of this and didn't know exactly what he was doing... You haven't been paying attention for the last 20-some years. Bill Belichick absolutely knew what he was doing and in starting this. And this is the biggest, you know, double bird flip right to the NFL and to Roger Goodell. And look, Bo, you obviously have the legal background, and I, I can't wait to hear your take on this. Um, but to me, the there this should be two lawsuits. This should be about the you know, racial hiring things. And it should also be another one about the integrity of the game aspect and being paid to lose uh, by your owner, at least being offered $100,000 under the table, especially in the era of, you know, interstate sports gambling. You know, you had, I guess at the time, what was it? Six states that had legalized sports betting. Talk about a massive antitrust, or antitrust lawsuit, massive class action by everybody who lost money betting on the Dolphins. This, to me, is the biggest shot across the bow that the NFL could possibly take. And to combine it into one is, it's got to have the owners, like, shitting bricks, right? Yeah, I think it has to. I mean, so so the, the suit itself is a, it's a Civil Rights Act, uh, Section 1981, which uh, prohibits discrimination on the basis of race. Uh, it's, it's filed as a class action. So it's uh, African-American head coaches, general managers, quarterbacks, coaches, offensive, defensive coordinators that have been def- uh, denied the opportunity to get promoted or to even get hired. Uh, and so it's interesting, I think, in two ways, two things, something you were just talking about, and then also that it's a class action. Um, so the class action element means that they're going to be able to go back quite a ways, and they've done that through the way they filed this. Uh, their fact section is full of stats going back 70 years, which not all of that is going to be relevant here, um, but they've got information on discrimination and facts alleged on discrimination going that far back, which means damages can even be 
extremely large, even for an organization like the NFL. So that's the first piece that I think is really interesting about this, that it could even hurt the NFL on a financial level, which is hard to believe for somebody as large as the NFL. And the second piece is now when you start talking about the, the paying the lose games, things like that, now that's not directly uh, going to be that relevant in a case like this. It's uh, alleged as sort of this um, just evidence that, that black coaches were not hired to be long-term coaches, that they were just hired as like a stopgap and then they were going to hire their guy later. Uh, but what's interesting is if they can get discovery that shows that or if they can allege the right facts, you could see now an investigation on the back end, federal or potentially from uh, some state's attorney general, things like that for certain types of broad things like that, criminal charges brought against the league, brought against teams related to all that gambling and things like that. It's, it's for a professional league to have teams paying to lose or playing to lose uh, could potentially implicate those sorts of things. So yeah, the league has to be unbelievably concerned about this. Uh, I haven't seen like a lot of commentary from the commissioner or things like that to this point, but, but this is going to be a story for a while. There's going to be a lot of discovery. It's going to be expensive. And I think a lot more is going to come out because once you start that discovery process, it's really hard to keep everything in the bag. And this could be a lot worse for the NFL than we've seen so far. It could just be the tip of the iceberg. Do you think Steven Ross will be forced to sell the team? I hope so. Like, just as a fan. I think Steven Ross might go to jail. That would be preferable. Like, it's that is a real possibility that we have to discuss. Look at, look at Gruden. And he was, you know, a bystander in that investigation of the Washington football team, commanders, Redskins, whatever. Tommies. He got, he got nuked in that thing for emails he sent 10 years ago. What is going to come out about everybody else in the league? Like this, this is the nuclear winner for the NFL. Steven Ross is worse than Pete Rose. I don't really think Pete Rose did a whole lot wrong because Pete Rose at least always bet on his own team. Steven Ross or Jeffrey Loria as a worse owner. Well, Ooh, Loria. He got thrown out of Canada. Yeah, Jeffrey Loria. Yeah, Jeffrey Loria, much worse than Stephen Ross. But Stephen Ross, New Yorker, uh, Jeffrey Loria, Canadian. They both suck. <laughs> well, and look, it's it's. I think jail is. It's hard to imagine that um, at this point. There's certainly not the facts for that. Probably for any individuals involved, this would be like everything so far looks like maybe you can see criminal charges against the league as a whole against teams. Um, But those sorts of things definitely can turn up facts as they start to investigate it and things of that nature that could lead to uh, charges against individuals. If they're, if they find things Um, certainly this specific charges is a civil claim. Uh, But you know, you never know what you're going to find at this point. Once once you've got the right charges that aren't going to get thrown out where you can start to get discovery, it could really change things. And it's where that bill of check text comes in and is so important because the problem 
is they can make all these allegations. So in the 20 years since the Rooney rule, there's gone from three black coaches to one black head coach. So they're going the wrong direction, but that's not enough to get discovery. But now you've got, you know, what they're trying to do here is they're trying to take this bill check text and it shows up. They have uh, screenshots of it twice in their complaint. They're trying to take that and say, this is our smoking gun. We know that they're doing this because they're all talking about it. And if they can use, they just need a little prick to open the door. And once they open the door, it's game over. You're right. Nuclear, nuclear annihilation for the NFL is unlikely, sure, but it's now possible. And on the week of the Super Bowl, too, just brutal for the league. Brutal for the league. I yeah. really think Belichick could be like just that out of it though, and like not know how to text. Like I know he's an incredibly smart guy, but I can see like remember when he passed out on that ferry, and like everyone was just taking a picture of him. Like he like I think he could also be like the old guy in the room who doesn't really know texting. Like I assume Bill Belichick still uses like a BlackBerry. <laughs> what if it was the dog? Or Bill Belichick's girlfriend that was sending the text. It's like, oh, yeah, text him congratulations, and then they accidentally texted the wrong one. Yeah. Much more impressive if it were the dog. But I'm I'm also not ruling out that Bill Belichick's dog has the ability to text. He's he's worried about a division rival, and the Giants have beat him a couple times. It's like, you know what? Great idea. You cost me two Super Bowls. I'm taking your ass down. If I'm going down, you're going down with me. And he said, I, if, I, if I take down the league, then nobody will ever win more Super Bowls than me. I loved uh, Eli Manning's, like, video uh, to, like, commemorate Tom Brady retiring. And at the very end, he just threw in a shot for those two Super Bowls. Like, thanks for <laughs> thanks for letting me have two of those two or something like that. Like, Awesome. Yeah, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have two Super Bowl rings or something to that tune, and that's just absolutely awesome. And, Bo, you were talking about, you know, the text and discovery. What's going to come out with this whole Houston thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, And hiring Lovey Smith, who was not mentioned for one head coaching job anywhere, and allegedly the league telling them that they could not hire Josh McCown, who has never coached at any sort of NFL level, never even called the plays for his kid's high school, and they wanted to make him an NFL head coach in front of Lovey Smith, who went to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. We were literally talking about Rex Grossman like an hour ago, talking about Lovey Smith. Like, like yeah. that, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. And to me, this just reeks of they make McCown the OC there, and that's definitely not a Lovey Smith decision. That is an organizational McNair decision. And they fire Lovey Smith. They set him up to fail. They fire him after one year, and then they promote the guy that they wanted to hire anyway next year. But the optics would have been so bad for the NFL that they had to they had to hire a black coach. I think that there's actually it's a conspiracy theory, tinfoil, and I know Bo loves when we put tinfoil on, but this one. This might be tinfoil in the microwave. You know, this might actually have some legs to it. I, I This was brought up to, to me today by a friend of the show, and I couldn't poke a hole in it. I, I really couldn't. So I, I think it's possible. But Brian Flores nuked himself. There's no chance he's ever getting an NFL head coaching job. And, Bo, you would know this better than I would, but 
there is to me when this case ultimately settles and Brian Flores gets a substantial amount of money, the NFL is going to buy out his rights to coach in the NFL for the rest of his life and probably pay him somewhere to the tune of, I'm guessing, 25 to 30 million for lost potential earnings. That would be, I think, where this ends up in a rational discussion uh, and a number that would work for both sides, seeing what just happened with the city of St. Louis and their settlement. He needs to go off and then just do like USFL or XFL, like coach oh, yeah. there, like go have to the a time. Of the XFL. Yeah, take like all the money and just do that. When you say settlement, you mean settlement with with uh, Flores? With Flores, yeah. So, so this is where like the damages get really interesting with this because civil rights cases, the big damages come from punitive damages, not from the compensatory damages. And I think your your math makes as much sense as any as far as calculating like lost earnings, things like that. But you start to get into double, treble damages when you're talking about a civil rights ca- uh, case. And then when you make it a class action, so let me tell you some of the names that they include just as, as uh, theoretical plaintiffs. They're not signed on as plaintiffs for this. Um, but just names that they've included in the lawsuit as examples of the behavior that they're going after. They talk about Jim Caldwell. They talk about Steve Wilkes in Arizona. And then they talk about David Culley. They talk about Chris Richard. I thought he said Steve Wilco at first. (laughs) Uh, But but they just, they just keep naming, they just keep naming coaches. Right. So the thing is, is if, if this lawsuit starts to have success, it's not just settling with Flores. If their class succeeds in getting certification, it's settling with like, every potential black coach that they could have hired over the last 20 or 30 years. I mean, this Um, is more, this is more like earth shattering than Antonio Brown V board of education. Like this is the biggest one that we've had in a minute. Well, and so that, that, that's a different case under a different, that was a constitutional case. And that's obviously about uh, that. That was an injunctive relief case. Because it's with the state too, right? Um, there's no, there's no damages in that particular case, like monetary. But yeah, I mean, like in a private case like this, monetary damages can be insane, like a lot more than twenty five million if it really gets traction. I like how you just rolled with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just gonna go with it. I mean, it, I don't <laughs> think the guy's name was Antonio, but. <laughs> <laughs> But we knew what you meant. The uh, yeah, it, it's bad news. But um, but look, we'll we'll just have to see. We'll have to follow it over the next over the next years. Uh, the Houston thing is interesting too because it does. They'll use it as a way to again. They're just trying to poke as many holes as they can, trying to get into discovery, and that's when you really start to find things out. Hiring Lovey Smith. That's not, you can't call that discrimination, right? Um, was Lovey Smith still at Illinois? Did they hire him away from Illinois? Or was he not coaching? No, he was the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator in Houston. Oh, okay. Damn, I did so not even realize internal, that he was It was an there. internal promotion, which makes a ton of sense. But when you start hearing that they all wanted McCown, 
and they were who told wants Josh McCown? I don't. Apparently, <laughs> the McNairs. That should be discrimination against anyone with a brain cell. Like, why are you trying to hire <laughs> Josh McCown? Well, and, and he played for two thirds of the teams in the league or some shit. So it's like, oh, he might know all of their playbooks. He knows the door codes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, like, uh, judges are, are football fans, too. Judges watch the NFL. They have views on this stuff already coming in. So so they see it, and they're like, they know the backgrounds. So when they're making their decision on whether they're going to allow discovery on certain things, it plays in. It certainly plays in, that story. No, this, this is why the NFL is a 365-day-a-year sport. Yeah. Everybody is going to care about this. And, and now nobody that's not under the barrel of the gun. So now I think the coaching cycle has pretty much figured itself out. I mean, the Saints got their coach today, the or uh, was that last night? Um, you know, the seventh or eighth, they got Dennis Allen squared in, Mike McDaniel on his way to Miami. So everything is pretty well shaped up. Is there still one team missing one? Or is that everybody? No, I, think, I think everybody's in now. Yeah, so everyone's filled. Before we get into the Super Bowl, I mean, like, I can't believe that, you know, a topic like this is dominating, you know, on Super Bowl week, like Bo said. Uh, before we get into the Super Bowl, we want to keep the show, you know, quick this week. I know a lot of us do. Let's just update on this Auburn thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we have to throw we have to throw Alex under the bus before we get into the Why y'all got to do stuff. this? And it's only been three days, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> Brian Harson is hanging out down in Mexico right now. You had to have thought like Auburn is trying to get him to come back, maybe so they can fire him. But it would be over $40 million on the line that Auburn would be paying to get rid of Brian Harson without cause. Because I it was eighteen point two. It's eighteen, but then when you factor the stuff in that they still have to play, they still have to pay Gus Malzahn. Oh God! On the books, it's a hefty sum that Auburn would be paying for people to not work for them. Derek well, Mason takes off and takes almost a half a million dollars less to not coach at Auburn to go play in a league or to go coach in a league where defense is non-existent in the Big Twelve, and he would rather take that DC job, like. There seems to be problems with the good old boy network and Harson, and this was I. They're trying to find a way to get him out of there, and this was just like the tip of the iceberg, or like this was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like they're thinking of any reason that they can to try to kick Harson out. I mean, it, it sounded. I don't know this story nearly as well as I think y'all do. It sounds like they maybe have the ability to fire him for a cause here. No. Yeah, that's, I guess, what they're, well, I don't know. I guess, like, I mean, what did he technically do wrong? Like, he brought someone from Boise State, hired them as a regular staffer. I mean, it's, you can't. Directly to the head coach. You can't, that's the problem. I went and followed her on Instagram. She's out, like, skiing in the mountains somewhere. She's having, like, the time of her life right now. Like, I don't think it's weighing on her mind too much. She's going to have an amazing career on OnlyFans after this like she's set for life that might uh that might be a solid subscription when the tales from the tailgate crew might have to get that only fan subscription it'd be worth it go ahead and expense that yeah 
block the the tales from the tailgate only fans brought to you by block fills please no don't associate block fills with that <laughs> they've been too good to me with that vance vance global I don't associate me with that the vance global oh god <laughs> this is where our sponsorship dollars are going yikes right wait, there t- wait till the merch line comes out right there with Auburn Matt's bowl game Oh, yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not doing that. I think uh, let's talk about something, something uh, where we can say, I'm sure we can find some positive things to say. Okay, um, okay wait. Think, yeah. Alex, so like quick, do you think Carson survives this? No. No, he's done. No. He's done. All right, well, no maybe there's a positive in there somewhere. They just got the where? Right. Where? I don't, I don't. Now, here's the one thing. If it is just kids bitching about him being a hard ass and, you know, not treating you well, look at the two most successful head coaches in college football history. They were probably the two biggest jackasses in college football history and Nick Saban and Bear Bryant. You don't win championships by being nice and saying, oh, yeah, oh, we're tired. Yeah, we're not going to practice today. You know, you don't have that. So I I get the football aspect where you've got to, be look at general Nealon. the guy was a general do you think he was taking crap from flight from players no but at the same time if you've run everybody off it might be you so i i don't i don't know but no i don't think that there's a viable way that he survives this if you're him though this is like, like joe exotic he's never going to financially recover from this no he's going to very well financially recover from not that. if they if... fire him with cause but if they don't have a cause and they get rid of them and they're trying to get them to come back early, I'd be like, no, if you're going to just call me back to fire me, I'll sit and finish my vacation oh, in Mexico, Mexico. And then yeah. you can come and pay me $18 million on bicycle. Well, what was the stat that I saw this afternoon that if you look at the last five buyouts of the last five Auburn coaches, if you include Brian Harson, it'd be like $92 million that we paid coaches to not be here. Yeah. Huh. I think Auburn Matt texted me uh, a few days ago. Money, obviously we have money, but we just use it completely incorrectly. Auburn Matt texted me earlier this week. I think it was him, and was like, uh, "Gus Malzahn has to be enjoying his Waffle House, you know, this morning after that whole situation goes down. He's probably sitting there in Orlando laughing. I'm sure he is. How much does at will employment suck? If we do a bad job at our job. They just kick us to the street. Unbelievable. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think he gets uh, his buyout, though. Personally, but we'll see. I, don't, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about like he wouldn't get it. Like, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like that they probably could fire him with cause, but like I feel like I would be hearing a lot more of that. Well, I think that the university's getting its, you know, to use a phrase from last week, litigious ducks in a row. Um, it's. It's put this together airtight and then drop the bomb and say, all right, go ahead, file your countersuit. It's not going to it's not going to work. Yeah, there's a lot of lawyers involved in this thing on both sides, I'm sure. And uh, if, if he was going to survive this, they would have already stood behind him and yeah. said he is our football coach. The fact that there has been silence means that they are lawyering up and yeah. it's over. I agree. And if it, they were going to fire him without cause, they'd have already done it as well. The AD might not even survive this. I don't no, know. 
No, it's it's going to be a complete clearing of house. Bring back Jay Jacobs. Oh God, no! Bring him <laughs> back. I I've seen people talking about Hugh Freeze to Auburn too, and they're like, "You want to replace Brian Harson over what that he did work. with that Hugh Freeze?" Well, yeah, let's go with somebody who's had an alleged affair with an assistant, with someone who had affairs with hookers by using university funds and phones. I also heard, and I know Bunky Perkins put it out there, you know, I, I've come back to it. Auburn's going to hire Urban Meyer. Let's get somebody with an even more high-profile public affair. The, uh, Man, if, 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 if nothing else causes me to have a stroke, Auburn football will do it eventually. Rustin's been upset with me because I keep sending Brian Kelly memes because I think that is just absolutely hilarious. And I said that it's not like a culture fit at LSU. And he sent me things back like everyone else, not from Louisiana, saying that Brian Kelly isn't a culture fit in Louisiana. I do not think Urban Meyer would be a culture fit at all. No, he most that, certainly <laughs> that might be worse. You could, I would take maybe Brian Kelly and his family. anytime over actually watching urban Meyer be the head coach at Auburn. Like, I don't know. I don't know that urban makes that much of a culture fit outside of like a dive bar in Columbus with his finger up something. (laughs) Came in Nebraska. Like not sure. Yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer is definitely the shady dive bar like owner who never actually shows up to work. Like he would be like on the episode of bar rescue and try to like fight John Taffer. I like that analogy. Yeah. He would be the guy whose business is failing miserably and then thinks like everything's going great and it's everyone else's fault. Urban Meyer sucks. Yeah. He goes to his wait staff and says, what have you, you're not a winner. You're a loser. What have you ever <laughs> done in your career? Waiting tables. here? You're here waiting tables. Yeah. Oh. That, that, that is Urban Meyer. Okay. So we got. Let's, we, let's go back to the NFL. Yeah, we haven't had a poop on the Jets minute in a while, so I guess we just had to poop on Auburn for a second. Yeah, thanks, man. I like that. I like the poop on the Auburn minute. That's a lot more fun than the poop on the Jets minute. But uh, it's a lot hotter. Brady, did did y'all talk about him last week? I no, we, we got to talk about that. Tom Brady thinks he came out today and said, like, you know, he's not one hundred percent saying that he's not coming back. He spent a week with his family and was like, mm, maybe I should go back to work. <laughs> I was guessing he'd be back by August, but yeah, he might be back before then even. Man. So the Bucks still have his rights, right? The Bucks still have his rights through the end of this year. Through well, I'm sorry, through the end of this next football season. So if he came back, someone would have to offer compensation to the Bucks to acquire him, which I don't think is gonna happen. If anything, he's going to see Kyle Trask is not good, and he's like, yeah, we might be able to run this thing back. So if he ever takes another another snap, to me, it is with Tampa. It's not anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to be like a Brett Favre at the end of his career thing, going Jets, Vikings, stuff like that. No. I mean, for a start, like, I love Brett. I love Brett. But for a start, Brady is way better. Than Brett was when Brett retired. Yeah. I keep seeing uh, because of the Pro Bowl uh, stuff, the old school skills competition where they just used to have guys go out and launch. And it's been like, it's been making the rounds. It was uh, 
it was Jim Harbaugh was out there throwing. Um, who else was there? Um, but then Brett Favre comes up last, and he's got to just sling one seventy-four yards to take the lead, and he just put it like exactly seventy-four yards down there. He's out there in like these short shorts that definitely do not look like athletic fitting, and he's just got this giant swoop haircut, just South Mississippi cut, and just goes and like launches one 74, 75 yards, puts it right on a dime within uh, within the hash marks. Like, awesome. Brett Favre will always be cooler than Tom Brady. But, yeah, Bo, you're right. As of right now, at the end of the career, Tom Brady better than Brett Favre was at the end. Brett Favre was still out there slinging it, though. He'd throw, like, four interceptions. But he was going to go out there and break somebody's hands. Third all-time in receiving yards after the age of 40. With, like, negative four, right? Negative six. Uh, don't let me over credit him there. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching the uh on the plane ride up um to Memphis a few days ago. I was watching the replay of the uh Pro Bowl skills competition, not nearly as cool as it used to be with them. Um but they were doing the DB drill. Um so it's just like this big wall and it's um like you each hole in the wall is points and the they have a quarterback from the other conference who has to like try to thread the needle, like get it past the DB. Uh, it's like that thing where Calvin Johnson used to be able to catch a ball within the range of a like standard garage door, kind of like that size. And the person that they put up there for the NFC. So the NFC quarterback had to throw against the AFC DBs. They put Kirk cousins up there. And I was like, Ooh, that's probably not the best one. Mac Jones beat him. And McCorkle Jones got him for the AFC. And I'm like, you have like the Pro Bowl roster and you picked Kirk Cousins to go up there. <laughs> I watched, I think, two snaps of the Pro Bowl and they weren't even tackling. Like, what were they doing? No, it's a, it's a flag football game. Why do they even still do it? Do seven on seven. Yeah. Just I'd watch that. A flag. And then have a fat man seven on seven. They did. Um, they did the like coolest catch competition, like the dunk contest. And Justin Jefferson was like doing some crazy shit out there. It was awesome. All these LSU dudes from 2019, one of the most talented offensive rosters of all time. Okay. Let's, let's start moving on this. The drinks are flowing. I'm getting refills brought to me. I think we're going to move the show, get us chugging along. Um, Somebody who was chugging along was Alvin Kamara. And Oh yeah. Alvin Kamara. Foof. There's not, so much uh, legal analysis to do this week. <laughs> I know. Week and we're bringing in our legal correspondent. I, I know, though, like, it's not a game what that anybody doing? cares about, but, like, st- this is the night before the Pro Bowl. Like, you have a game to play Dude, the next day. 40 in the morning. That's like, you have to go to work tomorrow. Like, no, we had to go to work that day. And it's like, ah, oh, shit. Might just curb stomp a guy real quick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get loose yeah we were I, I'm, I'm we were sure, uh, i'm sure that there was provocation we were at the bar and um evan brown caught the uh caught the note on there that he could go to jail for five years for that yeah he like hit that, the guy eight times i mean like how do you do that the day the morning of the game how are you out until you, like also is there not a worse way to leave the Pro Bowl other than maybe like on the backboard stretcher than handcuffs? <laughs> yes. 
Is he the first? He can't be the first player to get arrested at a Pro Bowl. He ha- literally he didn't leave the stadium. Yeah, they quit. He has to be the went- first to be arrested at the game. <laughs> yeah, how many how many times have you seen a player go to stadium jail? <laughs> <It's depends. laughs> it should have been Ron Artest. Dallas, man, maybe. But if you're at the what was it, the Metropolitan Las Vegas, and he just starts wailing. Oh, he was running away. Uh, the video shows you on top of him beating him half to death. Yeah, like I've I haven't seen the video. I don't know if that's like out, but apparently it'll, it is it'll not be released. Good. I'm, it'll be released, I'm sure, on TMZ at some point. But for it to be mentioned that it is not good for him, it means it's not good for him. Yeah, you can't so. do that. Like, what part of you said he was out until what six thirty in the morning? Yeah, it was apparently almost seven o'clock in the morning, and he was just bashing on somebody. At the leaving the Cromwell Casino at six thirty a.m. Oh, that's why they don't uh they don't put clocks or windows in those casinos. Pumping that fresh air, get the body all juiced up, and allegedly the man called Kamara's friend ugly, and then Kamara said, "I'll whoop your ass." <laughs> but <laughs> subtle, yet effective, clearly. <laughs> yeah, and then he did. <laughs> yeah, he's okay, there's there's provocation, but. If you're in that position, you got to know that somebody's out there looking for a payday. That guy just lost like eight grand in craps. And he's like, ah, if I get this shit knocked out of me by Alvin Kamara, I'm set for life. Yeah. This is a generational wealth changing event. If like, as long as you survive it, you got to be down bad to accept it at that point to where it's like, all right, I've already lost like eight grand. The only way that I could like get out of this in a better situation is if I get the shit knocked out of me repeatedly like this will make it better <laughs> like somebody will step in before he kills me I hope <laughs> so I but yeah get another no pun intended black eye for Lee Super Bowl nice. let's talk about something happy for once yeah we got a Super Bowl is it so, oh I forgot that the NFL season wasn't over yeah, there's there's a game left. <laughs> so Super Bowl, the most expensive ticket for probably like an event in history. I know it's like the most expensive like sporting event ticket in history, and it's really not even for like that great of teams. Like I, one, you couldn't get me to go out to California right now and watch a football game. Not doing that. Two, no one cares about the Rams in L.A. Like you see, like their fan fest or whatever, it had like five hundred people. Did you see the rally in St. Louis? Yeah. Look, and then the Bengals like packed out their thing. And they had Kay Adams for theirs. Like, awesome. But like no one like really cares about these teams. Like, this isn't a big market Super Bowl. Like LA, big market, but no one cares. And then Cincinnati, not a big market, but like all of America was rooting for him against the Chiefs. They like, practice underneath an overpass next to a concrete factory. Yeah, oh, that's gritty. Like that. Only team without an inside uh, indoor practice facility. But yeah, it's outrageous the price that it's going for at SoFi, like new stadium, but like could not pay me to go to this Super Bowl. Uh, it'll be 5.30 Central Time, which I am like all about a 5.30, like a 3.30 local Super Bowl time, all about that. Oh, the best. But Rams, I think, are favored by four. 
I want Joe Burrow so bad to win a Super Bowl. Like Cincinnati deserves it. I have nothing against Cincinnati. Really, like want Joey B to get it. I don't think they do. But I mean, I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals. I think a lot of America is going to be rooting for rooting for the Bengals. Can we talk about that comeback in Kansas City for a second? Like they've already slayed the giant. Like they took down Patrick Mahomes, who looked like poo in the second half there. Joe Burrow, over the course of his career, and this is counting um, must-win games with SEC championship, college football playoff, and now playoff games is 7-0. and I ain't betting against this man. Which, And I have said I wanted the Bengals, and I think that they could win each game, and I've always picked against them outside of the one Oakland game. So I'm going to say I am going to officially pick the Rams so that – the Bengals win this Super Bowl because I think they actually beat the Rams. I think they're better right now. Um, Matthew Stafford has never been in a game like this. You know, crazy to think he's 34 years old. He's actually older than I am, which is scary. As much as I hate Georgia and everything like that, I wouldn't be upset if Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl. Like, he's a guy that I want to dislike, but I just... As I said in previous episodes, I hate him and his fat head. Yeah. Joe Burr. Give me that guy. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I I think the line's probably right. This L.A. team is stacked. Just absolutely stacked, offense and defense. But but this Burrow guy, he is unbelievable. It doesn't matter how many times you knock him down. How, As you said, that game against Kansas City was insane. Doesn't matter how far back he gets. He's just a born leader. He's a winner. I say that a lot. I, I've said it a lot about my boy Jalen Hurts. Burrow might actually be a winner. <laughs> um, yeah. And and it's un, it's incredible that two years ago he was playing in college football, and now here he is uh, at the biggest stage. It's 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 not a game I would want to bet, honestly, either way, because I think the line's probably about right. But man, I don't know how you bet against. I saw an article uh, today, just like a, I think it was like a freezing cold takes thing. If you, uh, if you follow that type of stuff on Twitter and it was uh, some draft um, reporter uh, right after the Jamar chase pick for the Bengals rated that pick as an F in the first round um, for not, you know, uh, trying to pick up some protection for Joe Burrow. And it's like, "Hmm, well, that kind of backfired Joe Burrow, the only person to be, the most sacked quarterback in the league and then make a Super Bowl in the same year. But I mean, somehow they've found a way to make it work. I also like just thinking about LSU players and Jamar Chase wanted to just mention it, it, or ask if, uh, did anyone else see um, the Stephen A. Smith quote from today? Stephen A. Smith said that Justin Jefferson would have over 2,000 yards receiving if he played in a warmer city. Justin Jefferson, obviously a Viking, but the Vikings play indoors. <laughs> it's like 70 degrees every game. Well, okay, figure Green Bay and Chicago. Yeah, I guess you got to play away for uh, – no, that's two, two times games a year. Play. Yeah. And then you play indoor. Uh, so that's two games. Yeah, but that could be the difference between a 100-yard game and a 200-yard game. It's 200 yards. It's 200 yards, Father Pat. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was a hilarious statement. But you get to play like, uh, you get to play, play at least games. You, no, you get to guaranteed 
play 10 games. 10 games indoors per year, guaranteed. Yeah, but you're guaranteed to play it. Lambo and what if you, but what if you get them like early in the year? Like, what if you play them in like September away? Oh, that's perfect. It's like when um, it's like, it's like that's like how the Dolphins hate going up to New England to play in December. Like Dolphins and Pats always play at the beginning of the year and then like the end of the year. It's like you always want it to be in Miami in December. Yeah. Like, you have a guaranteed 10 games indoors. I would like to see what a team like Miami's record is playing when they have to play New England late in the season. And like it's not December. great. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It'll happen. It's probably not great all the time, but it's mark- I- I'm sure it's even worse in that situation. There is a There is a stat that if the game kicks off below 40 degrees – I think the Dolphins hadn't won at one point since like 1983. <laughs> now we've we have won since that step, but there was a good, you know, 19, 20 year stretch where we just didn't win. Just yeah. wasn't. All right, let's get into Super Bowl picks really quick, Alex. I think I'm kind of on the train with you where I'm going to pick the Rams and I'm going to pick the Rams to cover minus four, hopefully willing it into existence that the Bengals win. Every game has been so close this postseason. I'm not going to four points. That's too much. I, if I'm picking with my head, I'm saying that the front line of Los Angeles is so much better than the Bengals offensive line that maybe Joe Burrow can't even overcome it, kind of like the Bucks over the Chiefs. So I'll take them, and I'll probably say they win by, like, a weird score, like two. But in doing so, the Bengals will win. I love that. I love that because that's – it's probably it's probably a terrible pick because I was completely going to do the exact same pick, which is Aaron Donald's going to spend most of the game in the backfield. And that – L.A. Ram offense is but really Stafford good. also might Stafford. That's that's the wild card is Matthew Stafford. He might he might throw five picks. We were talking about it. 23 touchdowns and two interceptions in those seven games that I mentioned. Alex, you and I were talking about it two weeks ago um, before the championship games. Uh, over under snaps and over under offensive snaps for Joe Burrow until he gets sacked last week or last game. We set it at, I think, like three and a half. And it it was the over. Hey. It, that Titans game just put it like the wrong taste when he got sacked on the first offensive snap. And you're just like, ugh. And then got sacked eight more times, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we might still be able to set it at um, three and a half offensive snaps because that could mean that he gets you know a second possession if they go three and out on the first one. What's your over-under for total snaps? Total sacks. Total sacks, yeah. Uh, five. I'm gonna say I'd have to put my number would be between. It, it would be four and a half or five and a half. I think that's yeah, a solid line. That's a good line. Um. Okay, so we have our picks in. Let's get what, out of what here soon. Is it gonna be? Oh yeah, we have to pick that one. I'm gonna going, go. I'm going with tails wins the opening toss, and I'm going with orange Gatorade. I'll go green then. Classic. I'll go with heads wins the toss, and I will go with blue. Blue. 
All right. Well, we got the important picks in. Let's do dumb question of the week really quick. Brought to you by Blockfields. Brought to you by Blockfields. Alex, take it because I do not have it pulled up. I, I, I don't have it either, but I just know Blockfields is the absolute game changer when it comes to cryptocurrency investment. If you were looking to invest, get into the crypto game, be ahead of the curve. Your partner is Blockfields. They've been a great friend of us, Bo, and you know, we cannot thank them enough. And you, when you partner with them, you will not be able to thank them enough either. So go to BlockFills.com. Blockfields. Blockfields keeps the lights on over here. Just sad that they won't be sponsoring the uh, the subscription account. I, I don't think it's that sad. <laughs> I don't know. For that girl, it might be. Okay, dumb question of the week. Alex, I think we were throwing some back and forth right before the show started, but I think we came up with, or I think you came up with a pretty good one, so. Oh, we want to go with that one? We didn't want to go really dumb with you? Uh, I don't know. Your choice. Well, no. What do, what do our honored guests in the room have? They left. Oh, okay. This is great. The The listeners are getting to see the process in action. Exactly. Just made. Um, our viewership's going to go down this week because they were here for it. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. Uh, so... <laughs> So we saw. So my dumb question was: You saw all of the Tom Brady stats, you know that he had won like 170 more games than he had lost, which was more than anybody else had won, you know, as a quarterback in the last 20 years. You saw, you know, leading the league in passing at 44, 45 years old, whatever he is. There have been some crazy, ridiculous stats out there. So what is the most ridiculous stat that you have seen recently that just blew your mind? Oh, this is an easy one, I think. it's. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the exact dollar amount was, but it was if you bet – and by the way, this is this is a, a smart question almost. I mean, the, the pot yeah. gets smarter every week, progressively less dumb, as we said. The, the I think I think this has got to be – they said if you bet a hundred dollars at the start of the season, every season on him to win the Super Bowl, I think it was you would end up you'd be up nine thousand dollars right now or something like that. Wow! Like net. That's stupid. I'm yeah. going to go. I'm going to go with a random one like this. Like the stat. Like there's no on-field stat component to this, but very interesting. And I'm going to say it just because it's the Super Bowl week. And it's actually a question kind of in itself, so I'll I'll put it on the floor here if anyone thinks that they have the answer. There are only two quarterbacks to ever win a national championship, like a D1 national championship, and a Super Bowl as a starter. There is something very much in common with both of those quarterbacks, and it could happen to – it could be three depending on how things go on Sunday. Who were the Tom other Brady. two quarterbacks? It is not Tom Brady. Wait, he wait. won a shared national championship at Michigan. He did not win a national championship at Michigan. Did they win it the year after he left? I know Tom Brady did not win a national championship. When, yeah, when he was platooning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, platoon quarterback, but it counts. I think they offered him, didn't they? Uh, wait, so 
it's it's a college national championship an nfl super bowl yeah a d1 like a 1a national championship and a super bowl as a starting quarterback there's something in common for the two people who have done it who are the two quarterbacks and it could be a third quarterback depending on who wins this week all right since 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 alex has to edit this i'm gonna take it yes um since alex has to edit it i'm gonna make it faster they're both named joe so joe Joe namath and joe montana are the only two to do it and we could have joe burrow do it this week speaking of crazy stats wow joe's quarterbacks named joe will start with joe burrow nine super bowls six quarterbacks named joe will have started a super bowl for a total of nine that is the second most behind any one name of a quarterback only behind tom one guy one dude all right name the six and I actually got this. There is one sleeper Joe that most people don't get. It's a throwback. Mm. Joe Namath, Joe Montana, Joe Burrow. Um, How many are there? Six? Six. One was very recent, and we make fun of him a lot. It's not Joe, It's not Joey Freshwater, as much as I wish it was. Nope. That was literally the first name that popped in my head, too. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Bo, you have a personal connection to this as a Jet. He was recently a Jet. Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah, Joe Flacco. One had his leg broken horrifically on Monday Night Football. Joe Theismann. There you go. And then the last one, Minnesota Vikings is your only hint. Yeah, I'm not going to get that one. Joe, Bo, clouds anything? Was Frank Tarkenton's first name actually Joe? No. This guy was there right around the same time. Joe Cap. Mm, yeah, would not have gotten that one. So, what yeah. There are six Joes that make up all of the nine Super Bowls started by a quarterback named Joe, only behind the ten started by Tom Brady. And I will go with another crazy stat. And this goes back to track and shout out to our dad who informed me that this thing had happened because I didn't think it was physically possible for a human being to do this. Uh, Nick Willis, miler out of New Zealand, just ran a mile, a sub-four-minute mile for the 20th consecutive year. Outrageous. I My dad was 100 times better than I could have ever been, and I was, you know, decent. I could never have sniffed in a million years you know, a sub four minute mile. This to us is like the holy grail of middle distances a mile. And to do sub four minutes, which had never been done before until I believe 1954, this was, this is absolutely incredible. So try thinking, Bo, try thinking at your age now. If you trained for two straight years to run one sub four minute mile, could you do it for the next twenty? I, I don't think I could do it for the first one. Nobody <laughs> should be. He's able. gotten a lot of practice on that peloton. He's more yeah, of a biker yeah. now. Peloton, yeah, I, do, but. I'd have to give up on kava. I've been eating a lot of kava. I'd have to give up on that. I'm sure. I'd have to eat a lot of grass. A lot. I of, thought you drank kava. Clearly no. shows what I know. No, you know the restaurant kava. Oh, no. 
no. they, do the, they do the rice bowls. They're delicious. Uh, I, I'd have to eat a lot more salads than I'm eating right now. Poke bowls? Yeah. It sounds no, like no, poke no, bowls. It's like, it's, like, uh, it's like a Mediterranean thing. Oh, uh, no poke. Kava is like the sparkling wine. I thought it was like that weird coffee drink that messes you up. <laughs> what What are all the things you think kava is? That would have been a better dumb question. I mean, we put some stats out. <laughs> what is, I still don't even know what a pokey bowl is. I don't either. Is is kava cave lava? <laughs> we got we we did a great job this week. We got very progressively less dumb compared to previous episodes, and we just shot it right back down. Excellent. It. Okay, but I think that's a perfect way for us to end this week. Happy Super Bowl week, everybody. Hope you have off on Monday or just don't show up to work on Monday. Have a time. Enjoy watching the Super Bowl because I don't think anyone really wants to go to this one. I think uh, I think we want to see Joey B win this one, but I'm about to go out and have a time in Oxford. I hope you all have a great night as well. I think this is a good show, relatively quick. Uh, keeping it right around the time that Bo wanted in under an hour. So, yeah, great, great show this week. We will be back to our normal schedule when I get back to Florida, and I might actually take off for Oxford again for college baseball starting. We'll see how things go next week, but we'll definitely do a Super Bowl recap show no matter what format that would be in. So that's it from Tales from the Tailgate, and we will talk to you all. I didn't drop off this week. So the conspiracy theory is real, and it is you on the board cutting me off every week. Yeah, I think must I believe it. The studio, the studio must not get that great of recep- reception for the uh, for the anchor call. But yeah, hey, we'll definitely test that theory out. It, it it's reminds odd. me of when Rob was playing like videos. We're not going to talk about what the videos were, but was playing videos in the background, and then he blamed me for it. <laughs> I still do. Even though it was definitely me, I'm still going to play. All right. This has been fun, everybody. I'm going to get out of here. Hope everyone has a great week. Happy Super Bowl. Everybody, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.